You better cut this out, Rob. Just do it. Just fucking <laughs> do it, all right? I'm gonna say four times so you don't forget. <laughs> Shit. I'm Matt. And I'm disturbed. That was Toad. Oh. Didn't sound like Toad. And I have a new co-host. <laughs> it sounded like Toad. <laughs> Alright, now that I've properly humiliated myself for the week. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing good, Matt. How are you? I'm pretty good. Good. Pretty good. I'm just, uh, I'm ready. I'm, I'm going on vacation at the end of this week. So I'm very excited. I'm getting relaxed. I'm in Hawaiian shirt mode. And uh, I'm just wrapping up work. It's very exciting. That's very nice. exciting. I, my class started so i have an hour and a half of videos to watch every single day and two hours of reading to do every single day i'm sorry i'm very sorry so there you go yeah you know it also would make you watch uh an hour and a half of videos every day xenoblade 2 (laughs) yeah too bad (laughs) that is never happening (laughs) yep actually um i think that's a, a pretty good pretty good segue can I tell you what I've been playing this week? Sure. It's not Xenoblade 2, is it? No, it's not. Okay. Well, what, oh, well, I do know what it is. I so I'm still in my epic quest of Final Fantasy X, and I'm in the middle of a cutscene right now. It's been going on for a fair amount of time, and I'm just like, ha, you think this is a long cutscene? I played Xenoblade 2. I've sat <laughs> through 35 minutes of cutscene. Um, overall, I'm enjoying the game a lot more, you know, like I, like I say every week. I want to say, now that I've played a lot of it, with the sphere grid system, you're right. I definitely could have done the advanced sphere yep. grid because um, for those who haven't played, the first one's very streamlined. It's more so like, here's the path you have to go on for each character except for one. And if you want to like, you know, go a little bit to the left and like, you know, take a detour and have to go back, but you'll get a cool ability or a couple extra stat bonuses or stuff like that, you can do that. From what I understand, the advanced one is more so... Listen, if you want the main character to be a black mage, you can do that. Right. So, I think if I were ever to play this again, I definitely would have done the advanced spheres. But I will say this, I'm happy I did it very basically because I'm not... I'm already spending so much damn time, like, picking which orbs to put where. And, like, it takes a lot of time. So, God, if I had more customization options, I think I'd be a mess. You'd also have more fun. I I would in the grand scheme of things, yes. But I am having... I'm, I'm about 20 hours in now. So, I I feel like I, I have an idea where the plot's going, generally speaking, but, I mean, it's an 80-hour game, so I'm not sure where the rest of the 60 hours is. Like, if I was at the halfway point, I'd be like, oh, okay. But I'm not. What so was the last thing that happened? Uh, last thing that happened, well, right now, we are in the Albed, like, home place in the desert. Oh, and okay. Stuff bad stuff's happening. You're pretty far. I am pretty far? I mean, you're pretty far from the end. Yeah. It was like, yeah, it's, I'm enjoying it. Waka is just as racist. <laughs> oh my god, Waka. <laughs> I love Waka in, like, the worst way. Yeah, it's like, it's like, every time I'm playing this game and Sarah looks, I'm like, hey, look, it's Waka. And then he says something about the Albed that's, like, really racist. Well, because I, I first met Waka in Kingdom Hearts. He's in Kingdom Hearts? Which yeah, one? He, in Kingdom Hearts 1, they so they age Titus, Selfie. Isn't it Titus? I don't know, man. 
I always call him Titus because that's how I that's how I pronounced it in Kingdom Hearts. So that's how I announced it. Titus. It's Final Fantasy. It's Titus. Okay, so Titus. Titus selfie. Shelfie. Selfie. 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 Who is that? What character are you talking about? And uh, Waka. Let me get her. Give me a second. The the girl, like the thief girl. This is what she looks like in Kingdom Hearts. Hold on. And that's her. I don't know that character. From not Kingdom Hearts. Maybe she's not in... Selfie? If she's in Kingdom Hearts... If she's in Final Fantasy X, I don't know who that character is. Let me... Wait. What was her <laughs> original appearance? I love how Matt's like, she's in... This... Oh, she's in Final Fantasy VIII. Sorry. Yeah. Anyway, Titus and Waka... And Oren's in Final Fantasy... Is in one of the Kingdom Hearts He's games, in two. He? Okay. But, so... Titus and Waka, they, like, age them down. Okay. And they make them Sora's friends on Destiny Islands before oh, everything goes down. Interesting. So, let me show you what he looks like. Sure. In, in the meantime, um, Matt, we were sitting there playing, and um, I think I told you this. So, Sarah realized right away, oh, wow. Yeah, right? He yeah. looks a lot different. Um, I think I told you this, but when Sarah and I were playing it, uh, uh, what's it, Riku has just joined my party again. And uh-huh. she was like, isn't that Timmy Turner? And I was like, I don't think so. And I looked it up and is yeah, it, the, it is, is the Timmy Turner. Just... But here's something interesting. Here's you know, Titus. Oh, he's cute. <laughs> uh, you know, you want to know who voices Waka versus the same voice as Kamari? And you know who it is? Who? John DiMaggio, the voice of Bender in Futurama. Really? He's Waka and he's Kamari. You know what? Waka and Bender have... Maybe more than a few things alike. So, like, <laughs> yeah. Like, knowing it now and just being like, hmm, this white guy who grew up in New Jersey is the voice of Waka. <laughs> All right. Maybe this whole racist thing. Yeah, it's it's pretty racist. <laughs> but whenever I think of Waka, I think of the one in Kingdom Hearts when he just pelts a ball at you and he's like, I beat you in a fight. In this game, he pelts the ball at you. I know. <laughs> anyway, I've been very oh, much man. enjoying it. Um, but that's not the only thing I've been playing. Oh. The other thing I've been playing is I've wrapped up the main campaign of Yoku's Island Express. Neat. Which I talked about a little bit last week. That's the uh, the pinball Metroidvania. I think we I think me and Sarah beat it in maybe five to six hours, like the main campaign. But it's one of those games where like there's the getting a hundred percent seems very approachable. Like, I feel like I could sit there and be like, okay, it's not like a hundred percenting Xenoblade 2 or some other like big game where you're like this is a huge undertaking and I have to like really love this game to 100% it you know I love Hollow Knight cut this out hold on okay cut that out um I love Hollow Knight I will never 100% Hollow Knight because there's so much content that I did all the stuff I wanted to do and I'm like wow I still have 30% I'm good (laughs) Where this game, like, I think I when I beat it, I think we have 62 or 63%. But, you know, you beat the main boss, you're like, okay, the, the island is saved, and let's, you know, you can still go out and yourself to do things. And there's still, like, secrets that the game has put in front of me. Like, I want to find out what happens when I do this. I want to find out what happens when right. you do that. And, you know, once you get to the end of the game, like the fast travel options are there and the power-ups you have make traversing the island a lot faster. So it's not like, you know, it's not like, I'd say even Metroid Samus Returns, where 
beat, getting that game 100% isn't super hard, but if you're going from Sector 1 to, like, Sector 9, it just takes time, and it does not take time in this game. Because the world's just, just small enough, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, I think anyone who's even remotely interested in this game really should give it a try, as long as you're aware of the fact that 100% of the game will probably only take 10 hours total. It's a great I mean, that's experience. Not, that's not an issue. No, but some people, some people would not like that, and I just want to put that out there. I don't think it's a reason not to like a game, but I do think if this is even remotely interested, you should get it because I've had this game on my back radar for a long time. And I was just, we were going through the eShop and Sarah was like, oh, what's that? And I was like, oh, it's this game where you're like a pinball thing. Like I downloaded the demo, whatever. And then I actually finally played the demo after two years of it being on the Switch eShop. I'm like, this is, this is a good game. I remember, I remember back when um, Spider-Man PS4 came out. And I was I was reading or watching videos on it, and people were like, yeah, it really doesn't take that long to platinum the game. I mean, like, the campaign can be beaten 21 hours, and platinuming the game only took me, like, 40 hours. I was like, only 40 hours! Only 40. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'm sitting here, I'm playing a bunch of games right now, but guess what? I'm still 20 hours into Final Fantasy X, and apparently I'm nowhere close to being yeah, at exactly. the end of it. There's nothing wrong with that. You gotta have the palate cleanser games. You can't... Have every game be a 100-hour epic. Right. Otherwise, I'd have a lot more JRPGs on that shelf over there. <laughs> right. But I don't. Not yet. Uh, Matt, I have a couple other games I've been playing, but you want to hop in and tell me about games you've been playing? Why don't you just finish? Okay, I can keep going. Uh, I also downloaded Box Boy and Box Girl, mm-hmm. which came out on the eShop last Friday. Uh, Sarah and I are playing through the co-op. I haven't touched the solo missions yet, but I've heard they're fun. There's like enough content there that I'll definitely be playing it myself. Again... We bought this off of the demo, and it's... I mean, the first six levels are the first six levels in the demo. And, you know, it's... it's. I've never played a Box Boy game. <laughs> it's right. very cute. But also, I like playing it co-op, because even though I'm sitting right next to my, my partner in crime, I don't feel like I have to be like, okay, now we do this, okay, now we do that, you know? It's a good co-op game, because it's just simple enough that you can do it without words, and they feel like very accomplished when you do it without speaking to the other person. Like, you're like, okay, you know, it's very fluid. She walks up, she knows to do the thing here, and then I go up and do the next thing. And, you know, working together. I like I like the image of you two just sitting on the couch, like, silent for three hours, just not talking to each other. Well, no, we, we like don't talk for, like, boy, like well, deadpan staring at the screen. Like, 45 seconds of silence, and yeah, got all the stuff. Did the minimum number. <laughs> there, we'll go to the next one. Uh-huh. <laughs> But it's just, it's good because, you know, it's it's not a game you can play. I mean, you could play it on your own, but, like, it would just take a lot longer. Mm-hmm. And, and, like, you need two people for all the puzzles. But it's not like, okay, well, Box Boy does all the stuff and then Box Boy just does the other thing. No, it's, like, it's a really, really co-op-focused experience, which I know exists, and I just don't play a lot of them very often because I don't usually have someone to consistently play a game with. Mm-hmm. But it's... It's good because I feel like anybody could play this game and, you know, enjoy it and not necessarily be like, not necessarily have like the alpha player where like, okay, you do this and I'll do that. And then you do this and I'll do that because the puzzles are simple, but they're simple enough that it takes, it doesn't take a lot of time to put them all together. So the other person can figure it out likely in the same amount of speed anybody could figure it out, which I like, you know? Right. And I think we're on the fourth world now. So the I mean, the worlds are six levels long. You know, they're not super, they're not super difficult to get through, but we're also doing it the 100% way. So there's crowns throughout the level, which are optional things you can pick up. And then every level has like a gold, silver, platinum, which is really just like a one, two, three, which 
is awarded for how many boxes you use. So, like, you know, the first thing we do is we always try, okay, what's the goal? How many boxes can we use before we get to the second rank? Mm-hmm. And if we go over that, we start back from the beginning. <laughs> right. And uh, it's just... I don't know what it is. Like, I don't play a lot of puzzle games like this. Like, simple puzzle games. So whenever I do play one, I'm really fascinated by the concept. Mm-hmm. Like, I know there's, like, a bajillion games that are just puzzle platformers with, you know, with uh, puzzle platformers with co-op elements and stuff oh, like yeah. that and there's i'm just like I, i'm clearly missing something <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's always good to have something that's you know simple and very relaxing to play that's the music's like, very that's good. a really big thing on like mobile games but i know you don't play games on your phone i don't really play games on my phone yeah so, so to have something that i could play on the tv with somebody else is is nice it's mm-hmm. very nice and i'm excited to try the single player content as well i just with everything else i've been playing i didn't get a chance right and I have one last thing I'm playing, but it relates to something later. Okay. So I'll talk about those then. Okay. Matt, what have you been um, playing? So I've been playing a lot of Hob. I've been seeing that. I talked about last week. Um, and I, like, there is, I, there's real, the game is wordless. Like, there's, they don't speak English. Yeah, you said that, right? Um, or they don't really speak at all, I mean to say. And you're just, like... I think really the plot is trying to like fix this forest that's been infected with this stuff, uh-huh. and you just kind of venture the forest and solve very simple puzzles, yeah, and go through and fight very simple combat. But it's it's very like relaxing to go through this world and do it because nothing is great. Like some of the boss fights, or there's not really boss fights. Some of the bigger enemies take a little while to fight, but it's really just like swing, swing, swing. And then they're going to attack, so I'm like, okay, dodge away. They're done. Go back in there. Swing, swing, swing. Dodge away. And then eventually you kill. Um, sometimes they bring in, like, brief mechanics that you, like, it's very Zelda-ish in the way that you get more abilities or more items as you go. Like, you get the ability to warp. You get a grappling hook. You get all this stuff as you keep moving through the game. And that stuff gradually gets integrated into some of the combat. But, like, very, very simply. Like, mm-hmm. sometimes there's, like, little points on the enemy that you have to use your grappling hook on. But even then, like, a big L comes Appears. up at the bottom of the screen to use the left bumper. Um, so, like, on their own, like, the different things in the game are really nothing to ride home about. Like, it's it's also very platformy heavy. Yeah. Um, which, But, like, nothing is, like, crazy amazing, I would say. But all of it together is just this nice experience where I'm going through this very pretty world and I'm fixing things and I'm looking around the environment and I'm going, oh, okay, I can explore that, I can explore that, I can explore that. And it's fun to just kind of like checklist all these things. Of course. And areas by themselves are not crazy big. So like going like, all right, this path is going to lead me somewhere and then I'll like exhaust everything I can do going that way. And then I'll exhaust everything I can do going another way. And it go, it'll go pretty quickly through those things. And you find these little keys that basically, like, build upon the, the forest that you're in. Okay. And more parts of the forest start, like, literally start to appear. Like, it's all built on these, like, stone columns. And they all kind of rotate into place after a little while. Okay. Um, the Like, the level design itself, that like, that is where the game really shines to me. Because just... The way everything fits together is just beautiful, and it like, and it sounds like almost like it doesn't it, it doesn't start that way, right? So it's like watching the experience of like how well, you're saying it everything does. Kind of 
shifts into itself or you get no no, not really you get like big chunks of it at once okay so like on the big chunks the way it works is like it's almost like a pop-up book where things like stones will like pop up and down and like make staircases okay or things will rotate around and they'll make new structures but like they were structures by themselves and they did do things before but then they come together and you can do something that you couldn't do before okay cool like everything works almost like machinery okay so it's all very nothing. Nothing is designed without a purpose. It's not yes, there to look. Yeah. It's not just there to look pretty. Right, but it does. Well, I mean, yeah, that's that's an added bonus. <laughs> right. It's not there just to look pretty. It doesn't mean it can't look pretty. Right. Exactly. And it yeah. just uh, the the whole way the world works and the way it looks and the way it just feels to explore is very cool. Interesting. Like, nothing like again. Nothing about the game is crazy amazing, but just everything together is just a fun experience. Yeah, it's, it's it sounds like it's a solid experience on all sides. Right. You know, it's like kind of how I feel about Yoku. Yoku is not a... I wouldn't say that Yoku is the greatest game ever, but like, hey, the music's good, the story's cute, the art style's pretty, and the gameplay's fun. And those five, those four or five things together make an awesome game. And exactly. It doesn't matter how... Exactly. It doesn't have to be revolutionary. Which is cool. I mean, how long, how many hours have you clocked in, do you think? I have no idea. Um, Maybe around 10-ish. Okay. You think you're wrapping it up at this point, or I had like there is no way to tell. Like, really, I, I like that. The way I see, it, I cannot measure how far into this game I am. Okay, all right. Well, you gotta keep us keep us posted about that. Yes. Uh, anything else you've been playing? Or um, you just kind of focusing. Other on than that, on? I've pl- I've like dabbled in the critical mode for Kingdom Hearts three. Yeah. So I'm like into the first Disney World, and it's it's challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just like... fought one of the members of Organization thirteen. Did you know that? You did. Yeah. In Final Fantasy X, I told you this. There's a guy in the game, and I was like, this guy looks like he's out of Organization 13. Which who? Seymour. Hold on. Cut this out, Rob. Oh, yeah. The, tell me that guy doesn't look right. Like, I yeah, saw, he, he walked does. on screen, and I was like, this guy looks like he's a member of Organization 13. <laughs> he's got scars on his face that turn into his hair. Yeah, he does. He, he low-key does. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it was just like every time so I talk, I was like, oh, the Kingdom Hearts guy came back. And... <laughs> <laughs> but, like, yeah, so, I mean. Yeah, so you're dabbling in fun. Kingdom Hearts. The the bosses are really hard. The regular Heartless are, they're not that hard. Okay. But the bosses are really hard. Um, I'm just excited because the DLC was announced. Yeah. <laughs> I saw that. I was like, oh, Matt must be having a conniption. And then you texted me about it. I Oh, God, I'm so excited. Good. But that's... That's all you've been playing? That's pretty much it, yeah. Okay, well, I have uh, two games that I have been playing, but they're going to come up in news bits, so... Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, indie news? Yes, indie news. What do you have? Um, I think I only have... I have two I have two bits. Okay. One I have of, two bits. One of which I'm sure you have. Yes. And the other one is um, Shadows of Adam pre-purchasing is live on Nintendo Switch. What is Shadows of Adam? It is an old-school RPG. It's, it's not actually, it's an indie game made to be like a turn-based old-school RPG. What, like an cool old-school JRPG or an old-school American RPG? Uh, yeah, I'd say JRPG. <laughs> Shadow of Adam? For the record, I just showed him a picture and he figured it out. It's called Shadows, Shadows of Adam. Interesting. I haven't heard anything about this game. Um, I just know that it, I believe it was released on other consoles already. Okay. And now it's coming to Switch. That's fine by me. And I mean, obviously, it's like based off of old school turn-based JRPGs. So I, I was never crazy interested in it. But you but knew I know you should what bring it to is. my attention, right? <laughs> um, the other one is Sturdy Valley. 
Oh, no, this is not the news I have. Go you, ahead. Did you... What, the update? Yeah, but yeah. it's adding a whole new farm. Yeah, a whole new farm type. Whole new farm type. Yes. And it's also adding the ability to split your money. Yes, so Stardew Valley was 1.4. Yes, uh, so for co-op players it's, it's a it's a farm that's basically split into four sections so you basically each person can have it's 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 kind of set up in a way that you're playing four simultaneous games of stardew valley your money's split your your, your farm sections are split and more importantly uh this content update comes with a couple other things too so uh if you look at the screenshot concern date posted on his twitter there's a bunch of things in there that we don't have yet like there's like a workshop of some kind there's signs that were being made and like a bunch of new items and he says that's just a fraction of some of the content that's coming in the new update yeah no i so i'm the excited tweet that they sent out said it was going to be a pretty big pretty big update yeah i'm always surprised because after 1.2 it was supposed to be done and to see like big parts of content like i mean i was looking the other day about some of the content that i didn't even know about was in the game and i was mm-hmm. like oh wow i didn't realize there's this much in 1.3 so in 1.4 coming out i'm excited yeah i'm excited too. get me back in the game and you heard about the murder mechanic no you didn't matt no seriously you didn't shut up <laughs> i have a uh two bits of indie news first bit is uh just a couple of uh a couple of games went on sale, and one of the games I wanted to bring to Matt's attention is uh, the guys who make Astro Bears have a game called VSR, which you and I have looked at, Matt, at one point. And it's on sale for 50 cents on the eShop right now. Of course it is. Um, it's like a Newtonian physics space racer game. And listen, for 50 cents, it's a pretty fun time. I was playing it. It's like... Essentially, you know, you're driving through space and you have to like basically go through rings. So it's like Superman, but fun. <laughs> so you're you're racing, and I don't know how many courses there are, but it's a whole 3D space. But because you're in space, it's like if you blast forward and then you stop accelerating, you'll still go in that direction indefinitely. So you have to like learn how to break and turn and like you know go. Because it's not like, oh, it's a 3D space, and now you're going to go up, and now you're going to go left. No, it's like, you go through a ring, and then you're going to have to go up, left, and back, because that's where the next ring is. Right. Oh, so my God. So, spinning around, it's like, it's just a crazy mess. And one of the levels is the Astro Bears planet, <laughs> which actually just showed up. Matt's watching the trailer right now. It's just <laughs> a silly little game, and I've, I've played the first three races, I think, and I'm having a fun time. I just wanted to, you know, bring it to the attention. I figured, Matt, you'd be proud of me. I bought one of these cheap... 30 cent games on the switch and I it wasn't garbage of you that's the thing you gotta find the ones that aren't garbage exactly um in less fun indie news though we did get an update today on the current state of slay the spire for switch if you follow slay the spire on reddit they had said we want to give you some solid release dates at the end of april so we did get the solid release date of may 21st for the ps4 however they said they came up with a couple issues on switch and they don't know exactly when it's going to be able to come out, so they don't want to give us a date that they can't <laughs> hold. Which, to me, at this point, means it could come out tomorrow. Because I heard the same thing it's about Stardew Valley and Hollow Knight, both of which came out like a week after they said, we don't know when this game's going to come out. Did, did they give you a window? Did they give a window? No window. No. No, nothing. This might be, um, if, depending on how long it I takes, I think that this means could be... it's definitely going to come out after the PS4 version. Probably. My guess would be after the PS4, but I'm just saying, like, when they say we don't know, it can mean anything. Because Stardew Valley said the same thing, and then in two weeks, it's like, it's coming out in a week. 
and then you say Hollow Knight, they were like, it's going to come out, you know, when it's done. And then they're like, a month later, hey, it's out on the Switch right now. I could see this being the out on the Switch right now indie game for E3. Mm-hmm. But whenever whenever it does come out, I'm just very excited that, you know, they're not saying, you know, it's been delayed. It's just, yeah, it's coming. Remember that thing that I said about the games that are in those indie showcases? What about it? This is a high... <laughs> they go into development hell. This game I'm is already, this game's already I'm out. I'm just teasing. <laughs> yeah, but... Never mind. No, I agree with you on some of those games, but th- most of those games aren't created yet. I know. This is a port of a, of a popular game on Steam. But still... Still. What? I mean, it's coming out on PS4. I... Well, I that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying about the Switch. This is about the Switch. I, I mean, I get your point when it comes to the games that aren't ports, but the port games always come out. They get delayed the I'm same not way saying, any game I'm not saying out. they're not going to come out. I'm saying they're eventually going to come out. It's just that after they get announced, they just go into this limbo. Well, they said spring, and unfortunately, when ARMS came out, that was still spring. I know. Quote, unquote. So technically, I can't complain yet. If it comes into June, I will agree with you. Okay. All right? <laughs> Listen, this is the last, like... Like, I told you this. Once Wargroove came out, I was like, there's no indies I'm excited for anymore. And then the same direct showcase thing, they're like, Slay the Spire. And I was like, okay, this is the new game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm just waiting. It's all I'm doing. I'm playing the waiting game. All right. Uh, but that's all I have for uh, indie news. Okay. Do you have uh, quick news? Do you want to go first? I have a good chunk of quick news. Okay. Starting with something that you're probably not really going to care about. Okay. But in Japan, and only in Japan, before Avengers Endgame, they show a 30-second trailer for Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. Aw, that's exciting show... for you. That's cool, where they show off Asgard as a playable area. Cool. They show off, um, I forget his name, but there's this big, in Marvel Comics, there's this big fire demon. Oh, it's Diablo. That's a Thor antagonist. It, it looks like Diablo. It does look like Diablo. <laughs> and he is a, he's going to be a boss of the game, they confirmed. And they also confirmed Green Goblin as a boss of the game. Oh, cool. And I just thought it was funny that they showed Green Goblin with the Time Stone. Oh, because he can kill Gwen Stacy as many times as he wants now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's good. But (laughs) anyway, yeah, so I thought that was super neat. A bunch of people said they saw um, a character called Crystal, who's a member of a a group called the Eternals in the trailer, Uh who is a very obscure Marvel character. Did you see her? I did not see her, so I like I watched it like three times and I couldn't see her, but I saw a bunch of comments that said they saw her, and I was like, I, I don't know if they just super changed what she looks like, but I, I just couldn't see her. Hey, listen, if they're going that deep, that means like every character's Ex- gonna like, be in this exactly, game. Exactly, like that's what I was kind of. It'll be like, like it'll be like Lego Marvel superheroes too, but good. Right, I'm just like if they could really go deep, like and grab like really obscure references, like that'd be really cool. That'd be cool. Yeah, listen, I'm not buying this game, but I will play this game with you. Right. Like, hopefully you'll do with me with a little game further down on my list that I want to talk about. But we'll okay. get there. <laughs> um, the next thing I have is a game called Snack World. The Dungeon Crawl Gold. Okay. Like, Gold Edition. Has, was out in Japan, and now it's coming out in the United States. Okay. Or at least it was rated in the United States. That, that usually implies a release. So, it's basically a game... How would you describe this? It came out on the 3DS. Okay. And I I do believe that in Japan it is a TV series. I don't think it's a TV series in the United States. Was it a TV series turned into a game or a game turned into a TV series? I don't know. But I do know that... I come to you for news. People enjoy the game. (laughs) And I know that it was a good 3DS game. And now the 
extended edition is coming out in the United States. It's an adventure game. Okay. It's like point-and-click adventure style game? I believe so. Okay. That's cool. There are people who really like those kinds of games, and I'm happy they have options on the Switch. Yes. Listen, exactly. those people got Grim Fandango. They should be very excited for anything that comes Fandango out at this point. Grim Fandango is one of my favorite games ever. I've never played it. I love Grim Fandango. We should play it together. I'll play Grim Fandango with you. Okay. I won't play it alone. Why won't I'll, you play it alone? Because I'll get angry. <laughs> you know, that's fair. There are some frustrating points in that game. Isn't it? Like, I was what? like, it's an adventure game from the 90s. I'm not playing that shit alone. There's, yeah, oh god. The game is split up into years. Yeah. It's like year one, year two, year blah, blah, blah. And I just remember year two being infamously like, what do I do? Never met a single person who was like, oh yeah, I knew what to do in year two. Because nobody knows what to do in year two. It's really hard. Yep. Well, that's like one of those things that's like in the dawn of the internet. It's always amazing because you can like see what parts of games people are annoyed about. Like for me in Final Fantasy X, there is... The, there's like the you go to these these temples where you collect aeons which are like summons for like the one girl who can do summons and then the second temple there's this part where you have to like light up these electric electric things on the floor and i just typed in final fantasy 10 put the first letter of the temple and the whole thing came out like final fantasy 10 this temple light puzzle on ground and i'm like okay <laughs> clearly i'm doing something that other people had issues with <laughs> So Grim Fandango is one of those games, I'm sure. If I type in Grim Fandango year two, it will all come up. Piece of news is that Final Fantasy is doing... Not Final Fantasy. Fire Emblem is doing this thing where they keep showcasing characters. Yeah, I keep seeing that. Have you seen it? So so there's a bunch of information getting Earlier today, they just... Like, they're doing, like, little personality things for characters. Like, they did one for Edelgard today. And a couple days ago, they did one for that, like, green-haired dragon girl. Yes. Um, well, I think so, we just assume she's a dragon. Yeah, I, I did just. I mean, look at her. She's she, a dragon. I mean, look at her. She looks like the traditional she's, Fire Emblem dragon. She's a mannequin. Like, yeah, I mean, she sure looks like one. Um, I just think it's cool how they keep giving us little things. Yeah, Le- I like leading it. up to the game. I'm release. not like reading into it a lot because I I don't want anything really like super big spoiled right. for me. But it is exciting. The more I see this game, the more I'm like, I'm I'm interested, and I could see it going either way. Where will it be worth it for me to play this game three times? <laughs> Jesus Christ! Man. No, no, no. Just like in terms, of like, they, okay. Here's here's the reason. So there was well, a game. There what was if a, the game's eighty hours long? Well, hmm. let me <laughs> let me rephrase what I'm gonna say. In Fire Emblem: The Sacred Stones, which is on the Game Boy Advance, it was the first Fire Emblem I played. Okay. You you play as two siblings, and there's a point in the game where they say, okay, you know, Alencia is gonna go, and you know protect the country and warn everybody and get allies for the final battle where her brother Ephraim is going to go into the enemy base, like go into the country and fight them off and like clear a path. So once everybody's ready, they'll come through. And essentially like chat, I guess it was like chapter like nine through 15. There were two different versions of the game. I, I hate then, when games do that, but keep going. Go, go, bear with me. You come back in and basically whichever team you didn't take, they get auto leveled to a certain point. And then you do the ending together. I'm interested with this game. Is it going to be like that? Or is it just going to be, hey, this is the same game, but you have three different like versions that you can play. Like I can play it with, you know, the red group, which is apparently more magic users than anybody else. Or the blue group, who's more lance users than everybody else. Or the yellow guys, who are more bow users than everybody else. Which is very interesting to me, by the way, because I feel like those are three things that don't really go with one another. Uh-huh. Like, like magic and bows, I could understand, but I was like, lances? Really? Well, I mean, 
if if you're specializing in bows and magic, you need something that's melee. You know what I mean? Yeah, but but everyone already has swords and axes. True. I don't know. It's weird to me. I think I, honestly, I think it's because there's more kinds of lance users than anybody else. Like you know, for for axes, there's you know, every class has dude standing and dude on a horse that can do the thing. But lance knights have you know the Pegasus Knights. They have the uh, they have the the big generals with the lances and stuff like that. So they have a couple extra versions. But from what it sounds like reading this game, it's like literally everybody starts the same, and then you have to like basically level them up into a class rather than you know just this is my lance knight, this is my axe knight, this is my bow knight, mm-hmm. which is interesting to me because I never really played around with the class changes in fire emblem games i just like i, I just did the level up class because i was like listen this person's supposed to be an axe knight i'll keep them in the axe knight vein but for this it sounds like you can really customize and almost do anything you want right which concerns me but also you know if they do it right cool awesome i'm excited i going back to what you said before though oh yeah i hate when, when games do the split when games go we're gonna split and you can only play one of them. Yeah. I hate that because, like, I, like, I just think it's so gamey, you know? And if you're trying to tell a complete, cohesive story... You can't you do should it. should <laughs> give the player everything, you know yeah. what I mean? Well, that's the thing. The Fire Emblem Echoes Shadows of Valentia has it where you're running two separate campaigns. Right. And that's great because you still get all the storyline because at the end, you know the player has played all the levels. And what I'm hoping, really, with, with this game of Three Houses is that it's like that where it's like okay in the end you're probably gonna get everybody anyway but it's like chapters 9 through 16 you're gonna play it with the team red the team blue or the team yellow it's the same levels but you know you have different choices on how you're gonna play it right like in kingdom hearts dream drop distance you play sora's story and riku's story like concurrently yeah and you just swap back and forth progressing the story and you get to the end of their stories at relatively the same time yeah you know the game's kind of like that uh sonic forces yeah oh no wait i meant to say sonic adventure <laughs> yes actually sonic adventure is a good example <laughs> as, as I, i've never thought i'd say that out loud <laughs> sonic sonic adventure sonic adventure 2 sonic adventure 2 more so is a good example of that i think and um or sonic adventure <laughs> sonic, sonic adventure for you said sonic forces and i just assumed you said sonic adventure so yeah <laughs> But no, the, I mean, there's a bunch of games that do that. I just had a couple others in my mind. Yeah, games with totally like, you know, here are, here are three, maybe four plot lines, and they interlace with one another. But in order to get everything, you have to play them all. Right, or like in The Last of Us, when Joel is out of the picture for a little while, you don't just skip to Joel's next section. You play the other characters who are important in the game. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you don't just miss story chunks. Yeah. I have a good example, but I can't tell you because of the game it's in. What game? What, I don't want to talk about What's the name of the game? Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Oh, I don't care. Uh, moving on. <laughs> uh, fine. Let me let me take a couple real fast. Okay. Uh, first off, as uh, anybody knows, uh, I think... We, so we had two episodes were supposed to go up last week, and we only had one, but the next episode should be going up very before soon. Before you listen to Before this. you listen to this one, hopefully. And it's a good episode. I think we had some good conversation in that episode. Uh, you will know that I was very excited about Persona 5S. Oh, man, I want to talk about this. Um, so Persona 5S is a Musou game. It's essentially, it's made by Team Ninja, so it's going to be a fire... Oh, not Team Ninja. Whoever makes the Warriors game. Is that Team Ninja? No, it's... um, Tecmo Koei? Frick. Yeah, that's it. 
Tecmo Koei is making the game. So it's a it's essentially Persona 5 Warriors, which my opinion of it is this. This is awesome for Persona 5 fans. God, this is so like I like I've never I haven't played the game yet. Yeah. But I like the property of Persona 5. And having not even played Persona 5, I'm excited for this. Because I just think it looks cool. Like, the only thing I'm bummed about is that I haven't played Persona 5. Because if I had played Persona 5, I would buy this game immediately. It looks super cool. But I don't want to get, like, Persona 5 content spoiled for me. Because I do plan to play the game. Well... But... For those who are Persona 5 fans who have beaten the game, this is super cool. And I'm very excited for those people. I think for people who are hoping for... Um, Persona Five on the Switch. The S is for salt. We were kind of, <laughs> we were kind of in a rock and a hard place because we knew that Persona Five R was going to be exclusive to the PlayStation. Mm-hmm. We we knew it was going to stay there, and we knew it was basically the like quote unquote definitive version of Persona Five. And so, if you really wanted it, you would be getting the original version on Switch. And then maybe not necessarily you, Mike, but I'm sure a lot of people. Would, and I'm, I'm not saying everybody, but a lot of people probably would have been like, man, I don't, I don't even want to play this because it's not the it's definitive not the, version of the game. Yes. So it like, it would have been stupid to say, here's, here's the director's cut on this console, and this console gets our sloppy seconds. You know what I mean? Well, yes and no, only because my understanding, because I've, I've looked a little bit into like the Persona, because Persona 3, I think, had the same thing. Persona 4 had Persona 4 Golden, which is like an extra version. From my understanding is... You don't you don't end Persona Five or Persona Four feeling that you missed something, and the other ones add more stuff. But sometimes it's like adding stuff for the sake of adding stuff. Like yeah. someone said, Persona Four Golden is Persona Four, and there's extra stuff. But a lot of that extra stuff is just like you know fan service and right. stuff like that. And like there's nothing wrong with that. But from my understanding, is you can still feel like you got the whole experience. In spite of not playing the definitive version, which would be my only argument against what I you're mean, saying, but you're fair. right. There's there's a level of being like, well, if I have the choice, I'm gonna buy the one on the PS4 but because that's the fuller version. But at the same time, I don't. I mean, I don't know what. That being said, I think Persona Five R is a bit like content wise, it's a bit bulkier than those other definitive editions. Just from what people who have played Persona Five have been saying, what they've seen in the trailer. It looks like there's new attacks. There's new team attacks, I've heard. Um, just the fact that they're adding a whole new semester. Yeah, there's a whole new character. There's a lot the more new stuff. Character. There's actually two new characters. Only one of them is part of the Phantom Thieves arc. There's another yeah. one who's like a like a student therapist or something. Interesting. And they're like a therapist to the students, so I guess it will open up more dialogue options. Yeah. But um, I it, it does look like it's pretty hefty and like i am excited to play persona 5 but now i know like i'm i'm definitely waiting for persona 5 r yeah on the playstation where for me this just confirms i need to play persona 5 on a playstation and i have a playstation 4 in my house that is not just tim's we have a second one uh but from what i've read personally i would rather pick up persona 5 for like 15 dollars and play the entire experience then and like if i want to see what happens in persona 5 r i will look that up but for me personally that's how i'm viewing it and okay i think there are there's no reason why i shouldn't be like we'll wait until persona 5 r except for cost and right. for me i'm like listen persona 5 was already like 20 dollars with this on the horizon that game's gonna be dirt cheap right so i'll just pick it up real cheap and i'll play it eventually i have so many games i want to play 
but that one's like kind of in the back because unfortunately playing mobile is how i play games mostly so right i'll have to find time to play this anime game mm-hmm. so i'll get there though but yeah that was the first thing i wanted to bring up <laughs> uh other things that came up in terms of news is starlink the crimson moon dropped yes. yesterday oh it's already out I know yeah it's out. so i want to bring up this is another game i was playing so this is kind of how it boils down there's paid content and there's free content. I didn't look at anything about the paid content because I'm not paying any more money for this game. Uh, you, you get several new guns. Several new guns. And you several get new ships. Several new ships. And if you have the Switch version, you get um, Peppy, Slippy, and Falco. Uh, and there's also five new pilots in addition to those three. Right. I didn't look at any of that. The only thing I noticed is that when I logged on and I opened up my stuff, I no longer had a full screen where all the things were unlocked, and it made me very angry. Yeah, sure. Because uh, sure. it was like, yeah, I mean, you bought, the, you bought the Defender version, too. It was great just being like, okay, everything here on screen I can play with. Right. And now it's like, because there's so many ships and guns and stuff, like, everything kind of has to be shifted to, like, the left and the right. And with at least with the ships, it's like, all the ships from the original Defender version are on the left, except for one is on the right, and then the right is all the other ships. Oh. I'm like, I hate this. But in terms of new content, it's actually pretty content-heavy. So... The big things were so the Crimson Moon is a new area. It's in the uh, it's in the first set of systems. You know, there's like there's star systems, like three of them. Right. It's in the first system, and you can unlock it from what I understand pretty early on. You but if go, you've already beaten the game, but if you've already beaten the game, it's already there. So you go to the Crimson Moon, and there's a bunch of things you can do there. There's a, you know the pl- it's a whole planet, and it's there's not as much to explore because you're not building bases or fighting the legion on that planet there's no legion presence at all oh okay uh but it's like a barren planet but there is cool stuff to kind of like look around in the waste like i I spent like an hour driving around i didn't find anything but there's there's the actual planet itself there's two major things you can do there now one of which is uh star fox grand prix which i spent a lot of time playing so there are four courses in the game when you get into a race essentially The controls change, so when you're driving around, when you're playing Starlink, you know, if you're on the ground, you still use left and right to move. You use the right stick to kind of angle yourself. And R used to be how you turned from, you know, like, strafing mode to flight mode. They've remapped the boost button, which is usually A, to R as well. (laughs) It's both, though. So you can have have both, but yeah, you can use the R right bumper. Uh, Your guns still work. Uh, Right bumper to, to boost, and then... If you hold down the left bumper and use the second stick, that's how you drift. And it's like Mario Kart drift, where, like, you... If you drift longer and you move it back and forth, you get a boost. Oh, okay. Um, The courses are really interesting. They're actually very, very diverse. Like, some of the levels have, like, a lot of different paths. Oh, cool. And a lot of them are unlocked by shooting things that are, like, like destroying part of the set to go in and find boosts. But your boost recharges really slow in this mode. So there's, like, orbs which recharge your speed, like, big. So when if you want to win, you're basically going on a path, and you're, you're just holding down the boost button the entire time. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of fun. The only thing I was bummed about is you can't shoot the outlaws. And for, like, an outlaw racing, doesn't seem like you should be able to, you know, yeah, shoot the enemies. Um, you can shoot, like, the mines and stuff, but you can't shoot the people. And I'm like, that just seems weird. <laughs> you, know, you know Jack and Daxter, right? Yeah. They're in Jack 3 there's a racing minigame, and then eventually they made it, like, its own game. They expanded it. 
but um, you you r- drive around in these big like Mad Max like cars, and you just shoot the heck out of everything else. That sounds awesome. Include like I think you would love it. In- like including your opponents, you're just like I'm gonna light you up. Yeah. Well, listen. Growing up, my grandparents had a PS2 or PS1 because my uncles had a PS1, and I have probably clocked as many hours in Twisted Metal 2 than I have like Mario Kart. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz I love blowing people up. <laughs> um But yeah, it's uh it's a it's interesting. I mean, I've beaten all four courses already. It took me maybe 2 hours. Mm-hmm. The other mode in there, the big major mode is a coliseum where you fight like, you know, big hordes of enemies, yes. which I really haven't played with. But for both of them, unlocking beating the levels, you know, clearing races give you essentially outlaw currency which is a different kind of currency and at the shop you can buy the new mods which is like the big thing for this is all over the world there are new mods which are paint jobs custom paint jobs for your car so you can like your ship sorry (laughs) um so you change your whole ship it changes the whole look and it's it works with every single ship in the game and some of them are really pretty like for when you start i think if you've beaten the game you get the gold plated one which is just like makes your entire ship gold with diamond studs all over it oh, cool. which is what i was driving on the r-wing i was like gold oh, studded r-wing yes but like that's the kind of like the big draw like you know playing these races getting on leaderboards and unlocking these mods the only two other things that they added were there seems to be like some big big news treasure quest that like goes along a bunch of planets because there's a there's an empty planet now like in the middle of the star system that's like a shell and then it's like broken apart and you can like drive through it but there's outlaws everywhere so i couldn't actually do it Mm -hmm. (laughs) and the other big thing is and this thing it's not bad but i've read online a lot of people are upset about it there's the new star difficulty level which is for enemies you know the enemies you have like levels like level five level ten right enemies can now have level star which is super difficult of course like but like there's no turning it off or on (laughs) So oh, like I was flying to the I was flying to the new planet and they have legion hyperspace gates too included instead of outlaws which there's more circles but they're smaller mm-hmm. and there was like five guys and I almost died. Oh man. And I'm like I'm pretty good at this game. Like I have the maxed out, you know, machine gun. Mm-hmm. And it's hard. And apparently everything has a level star including like the like the big the big spaceships out in space. Yeah. So some people think it's really cool because it makes the game like actually kind of difficult, and other people are like, eh, it kind of defeats the purpose because it's like some people are saying, yeah, you just want to go into space and fight the thing because defeating all the monsters on the planet don't doesn't help you enough to make it easier, so you're better off just saying screw this, I'm gonna destroy the ship. Right. So overall, if this stuff was in the original game, I think I would have had a much better experience. But listen. For free DLC, it took up an afternoon, and I had a good time. It's cool. Yeah. I, I mean, it's Starlink. <laughs> right. I love I love dr- flying around in Starlink, but that's it, you know? I was like, how long can I drive upside down on this planet? Woo! And then I was like, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll probably try it out eventually. Yeah, but... I'll say this. It's, if you own Starlink already, it's definitely worth turning back on. I would not buy DLC for it. <laughs> right. A uh, couple other things I have... And I'm sorry I stepped on your toes on this. What? No, like, I feel like I, I, jo- I hopped in the middle of your news. Oh, no. Keep going. The other one is, uh, if you are into it and you're willing to go on the Japanese eShop and get some Japanese, uh, some Japanese gift cards and stuff to buy games, 
Yu-Gi-Oh! Legacy of the Duelist Don't is available with English with full English translation. Great. Which, listen, listen. I think any game that says here is a card game simulation that doesn't have microtransactions, doesn't have DLC, you can and you get coins for beating battles in game and you use them on packs in game. There's no way to like game the system and get all this stuff. You can play online, you can draft online. I'm like, okay. You know, what I'm is interested. Yu-Gi-Oh! Listen. Yu-Gi-Oh's not a good game. But I I'm actually kind of interested in this. Because it's like the campaign mode is every single anime. Like every single Yu-Gi-Oh! anime. Oh my god. So I've been watching uh the J Wits has been streaming it the last couple days, and I've been watching it. I'm like, wow, I'm I really kind of want to play this. Oh my god. <laughs> and I'm like a little embarrassed about that with myself, but <laughs> People were saying it's really good. It came out on Steam like years ago, and there was a lot of DLC, but this is just the whole package. Oh, cool. So, listen, I could tell Tim about this game, and then, I could, and then I could beat Tim <laughs> in Magic the Gathering at home, and then when he leaves, I can play him online in Yu-Gi-Oh! and also beat him. <laughs> and that just sounds interesting to me. I, I mean, like, if you're, if you're interested, this is super cool. I think that's really what it is. Like, if you if you are interested in playing card games digitally... Exactly. And you don't want to, like, you know, play a game, like, a service where you have to, like, spend money on it on your Switch. Because, like, if you don't want to spend money on it, play, you know, play Pokemon TCG online. But I, like, it's not I, on Switch. I hope Yu-Gi-Oh! is at least, like, looking at Pokemon TCG going, See? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like... I, it baffles me that Pokemon TCG isn't on the Switch. I'm hoping this game does well so then Pokemon gets its act together. Right, exactly. But yeah, I mean, if, if you're into Yu-Gi-Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And I think from what it looks like in terms of the campaign, if you just wanted to play through the campaign of the anime that you know, that's not necessarily like... That's not a bad thing. It's not I mean, an like, insignificant amount of like content. You're rewatching your childhood in yeah. an anime. And it's cool I because mean, game. you can like play through and you're playing through like with the character's deck. But then later you can say, no, 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 I want to use the deck I made mm-hmm. and play that instead. So you can not only like crush Weevil Underwood's stupid face, right. but you can also do it with a deck that you made yourself and like, you know, combo out on turn three. Whatever. <laughs> when I was really little, I had a Yu-Gi-Oh game on PlayStation there's a couple Yu-Gi-Oh! Like games on PlayStation. PlayStation 2 I had one. I don't remember what it was called, though. I, I might have had the same one. <laughs> Man, I don't remember. I played a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh! growing up. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I played Yu-Gi-Oh! before I played Magic. Oh. Yeah. Then I learned that one was better than the other, and I stopped. And <laughs> you stopped. A uh, couple other small things. Uh, we got a little bit of info from Nintendo on their, uh, their quarter-end earnings call. Oh, are you going to talk about the... A couple things. Yeah. Uh, first off, E3, there's going to be no new hardware, according to the president yep. of Nintendo. Yes, we did hear that. No new hardware at E3, which I actually believe. Like, I know, like, sometimes they lie, and they're like, oh, there'll be no, no hardware. I, I, know. I don't think there'll be hardware. Uh, Animal Crossing and Luigi's Mansion 3 are still scheduled for 2019. Yes. No delays. Bayonetta is still to be announced, though, on terms of release date. The other thing, and I wanted to bring this up. I don't know if you saw this, Matt. So, this is as of March 31st, which means that at this time, New Super Mario U Deluxe was only out for two months when this earnings call came out. For reference, New Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe sold about 6 million copies in its entire life on the Wii U. How many copies do you think sold on the Switch in the two months it's been out? 
at least six million. It has not sold at least six million. I don't oh, want it to. Really? I don't want to truly break your spirit. Three point three million. It's halfway there. Right. <laughs> I just thought that was funny. That's all. That's, it's listen, guys. Do not let Nintendo get away with this. <laughs> okay, Matt. What else you got? Um. So in the in the same call, they have said that. Uh, Nintendo Switch Online now has 9,800,000 accounts. Wow. Which is, I, I just thought that was pretty cool. Does that include the free ones on Twitch? On Twitch? If you had like Twitch Prime or whatever, you got like a free X number of months of Switch Online? Oh, no. It, well, that's that's trial, essentially. Oh, it is? If okay. it's free, it's a trial. All right. Um, 2,000, I'm sorry, 2,800,000 of them have played Tetris 99. Wow. That's a lot of Tetris 99. I know. That's a lot of Tetris I mean, listen, I'm one of those people. Like, I mean, I, it's I, free. Why, why, yeah, why wouldn't you? Um, US and Japan are getting a Mario Kart Tour closed beta for Android only. Yes, I have signed up for said beta. I just think it's funny that no, like, no one has any idea what this game is. Nobody. Although it's supposed to launch in June, right? Or July? Summer. It's supposed summer. to launch in the summer. Okay. But, I mean, now we know it's probably online multiplayer. Likely, it's right? online something, right? Right. I don't know. I'm I'm interested. Yeah, I mean, I'm interested too. I just hope it's not terrible. <laughs> yes. Always um, fair. Uh, Mar- uh, Nintendo announced Mario-, Mario Maker 2 for June 28th. Yes. I don't know if we talked about that I don't think episode. we talked about it last time. Um, and so that's coming out June 28th. They announced a stylus for Europe and Japan. And that's for pre-orders, right? For, that's for pre-orders. They announced that a while ago, and just recently they announced it for the United States. Oh, they did? Yes, they did. Is it pre-order only through Nintendo Store, GameStop, or is it just Anywhere. pre-order it? Just pre-order it. Okay. I actually didn't know that that hit the U.S. yet. So, you can, yeah, you can pre-order it and get the stylus. Cool. And I can't imagine playing the game any other way. So Neither can I. Please get the stylus. Um, I also, if you're interested in kind of like, you know, spoiling yourself a little bit, there was an ad in Japan that had a bunch of new yeah. information. Yeah, there was. Uh, you know, it just a couple new things that we didn't have in the last... Cat time. Bowser! Well, I mean, we Sorry. knew Cat Bowser was coming. No, we didn't. Well, I mean, the cat suit and yeah. what and what's in the cat... Like, we, even I know... We didn't who know barely... the Cat Bowser was going to be in the game. I'm just so Listen, if Cat Bowser wasn't Bowser's in the game, I would have been game. upset. We also had things like, you know, colored pipes and stuff like that. Yeah, we... Yeah. Um, they were little things. It looks cool. Uh, Red Yoshi. Red Yoshi? So, colored Yoshis. The big Yoshi. Big Yoshi. Um... Yeah, just a bunch. I mean, look, a bunch of stuff. Look, if you're interested. For me, who didn't play Super Mario Maker One, I'm like, I don't know what any of these things are, and or why we're <laughs> excited about them. So I just said, cool. Uh, I only have one more bit of news, though, Matt. Before. What's that? Oh, actually, two new bits of news. Sorry. First off, uh, for Pokemon Go players, they just announced how the Pixies are going to be in game. Oh yeah. Interesting. So they're just really, really, really rare spawns. So they're just like regular Pokemon, but they're just super, super rare. And it's like. We kept speculating how they were going to put them in the game. It was like, oh, are they going to be raids? Are they going to be, like, mini research quests? And it was like, no, they're just really rare spawns. And you know what? Like, I don't really care about those Pokemon. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, that's fine. I feel them. like that's what they said, too. They're like, does anyone really care yeah, about right? these? We'll just, we'll just, just we'll put them in the game. Just put them in the game really rare. Whatever. <laughs> they're about best, right? They probably don't exist. I know. <laughs> they just don't exist. There's like, oh, they're Until, just really like, rare. Pokemon Go Fest comes up this summer. They're like, there they are. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then I have one last thing, uh, just, just something, it's really, honestly, the only news about this, uh, franchise that has come out in weeks, um, Uh Team Sonic Racing got a, it got a, 
basically a closed demo with a bunch of people, and Kotaku UK posted a bunch of information about it. They posted about, about it uh, a little more, a couple months ago, but they have more detail, and this kind of seems like the full version of the game, because it is coming out May 21st. So, we already knew, it's like you're playing on teams of three, so it's, it's a 12-racer kart racer game. And the big thing about it is you're playing on a team. And they explained, like, you know, it's better to come in, like, 4th, 5th, and 6th than 1st, 11th, and 12th. Mm-hmm. So it really does kind of push this idea of team, uh, like, team comp and being, you know, playing with people and, like, talking with your people. Or if you're playing with computers, just kind of, like, you know, um, babysitting them a little bit. So some of the features that they showed were, the biggest one is the boost stream. So when you're driving... The people on your team, there's a stream behind you that's your team's color that only your team can see. And if you run over it, you get a speed boost. So the idea is that whoever's in first can, like, show you where all the shortcuts are and the fastest way. And as long as you're following them, you get a boost. So you're going to catch up with them faster than if you're just going some other way. Additionally, there's a way to request and to um, give your items to other players in the game. So, like, if you're in first, you can just keep throwing your items back to the guy in tenth so you can kind of try to catch up and just have more, you know, item equity. Right. And the other thing they said is there's a team meter. So, basically, any time you do something that relates to, like, doing the teamwork, so giving an item or following the person's stream or whatever or staying close to one another in terms of, like, you know, actual space, distance from one another, there's a team meter that builds up. And when you use the team meter, you get, like, a massive massive boost of speed for a little while oh yeah so the idea is that like not only is it better and there's like you know reasons to be on a team but if you keep your team comp as consistent as possible you will just be faster than everyone else you're racing with and i really like that and they talked a little bit about story mode and stuff like that and it just sounds like it's a really fun game they said you know obviously playing with people is going to be more fun but there will be online play and, you know, I think even playing this with one other person, like one other human racer and being like, you, me, and the computer, I think would be fine. Mm-hmm. But if this is a game, like I said, this is the game I want you to play with me. I don't expect you to buy this game, but I want you to play with me. Right. Well, I think, I think this game looks more of a complete package than it did several months ago. Do you know Definitely. What I mean? Like, I think if this game did come out way back then, it, it just would have bombed. It would have been terrible. Definitely. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. One last thing time trials in this game they're only one lap based but you just keep playing like you do time trials go and you could just keep going around the course as many times as you want you have to actually quit out if you want to finish oh that's cool which is cool because if you're trying to like beat a high score you can just not like yeah you don't have to have to like stop you're just like i'm on that's that's a really good feature yeah it's like brilliant like why don't other games do that i mean if you want to do three lap based yeah i get why but then also you could just stop it yeah after three laps (laughs) It's, it's, it looks really fun. Like, you know, I mean, I'm a sucker for racing games. I know this, but you know, racing games aren't as popular as they used to be. And I'm back in the nineties when everyone had a race. Basically it was like, no, no, I think, no, I, I think they're very, I think they're more popular now, arguably. Look at PlayStation and Xbox. They're used to be a lot. biggest franchises are They are, but there used to be a lot more kinds of racing games. And now there's like, there's the heavy hitters, but there's less. I don't, less I, don't, cl- I don't know about that. Really? Because I was reading something about people saying, like, you know, the guys made Wave Race and all those other kinds of games. They just, like, there was just, like, a time when they all kind of died all simultaneously. You know, like Forza and stuff like that, they're still popular. But they're they're the ones who made it through. There just used to be a lot more brevity of racing games. I, I Not to know. say we don't have a lot of racing games now, because especially now with the indie scene 
There's a lot of racing. Like, exactly. Like, no, I just, like, I mean, I don't know enough about racing, but I feel like, I don't know, because you've got Forza, you've got Grand Tashimo. Turismo? I don't know when the last Gran-, Gran Turismo game came out. Not saying there aren't big racing games. There used to be more. And they used to be kind of all over the place, where, you know, nowadays I feel like a racing game's either good, not as good as Mario Kart, or trash. <laughs> you know? Like, there's the there's the racing games, there's the Mario Kart racing games, and there's the garbage Mario, Mario racing games. Gran Turismo, Forza, Mario Kart, Burnout. That's Burnout hasn't a had a new still. game in a long time, though. Dirt Rally. Are you sure? Yeah. Because they were trying to get... They re-released a different Burnout game, and they were like, isn't it? I'm trying to remember what Burnout... Because they were the guys who they wanted to say, no, make F0, right? I do not want the emotional state of Burnout, Google. <laughs> <laughs> the emotional state of Burnout. Rob, I think we have an episode title. (laughs) The last Burnout game. Burnout Paradise Remastered. Yeah. In 2018. Like I said, it's not like there aren't racing games anymore. There's just less of them. Mm -hmm. So when when a racing game that's not necessarily as big or prolific as Mario Kart, or as much as I don't want to admit it, Crash Team Racing, uh, it's... It's exciting to see a game do something different and kind of stand out in a good way and not necessarily be, you know, destined to fail, I guess. Right. Like, for example, like Horizon Chase Turbo. I really enjoyed Horizon Chase Turbo. Was it anything special? No. It was really good, really fun. I really had a great time playing it. But if I didn't play it, I wouldn't be, you know, kicking myself, you know, because it's, right. it's another racing game. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I like, I like. Well, I, I mean, I think that's the issue with racing games. Yeah, you need to have because, more to set yourself apart. Which but is like, 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 here's the thing, okay? There's, I feel like all racing games fall into three categories. There's the realistic racer. There's the... Kart racer. Kart racer, which are basically, as much as I love Crash Bandicoot, they're basically all Mario they're Kart. They're all Mario Kart. Including Sonic. Yeah. Um, it's like they'll have their own special gimmicks like, you know, like Diddy Kong Racing had the hey, there's three different kinds of things to fly to fight in or whatever. And, and then and then you have the like the just out there ones which are your twisted metals and your F zeros. Yes. And, I mean And like, your wave race. And your wave well Le- no yeah, game basically. is controlled like wave race. <laughs> I think but all like all racing games fall into those three categories. Yeah. And after a while you just flood the market with so many so many of them. That it's like not, nothing is going to revolutionize. The re- revolutionize, and I, it's not that I don't think that a lot of racing games are still coming out because I, I do think a lot of racing games are still coming out. It's just that because they all fall into those three categories, you just don't notice them as much. Yes, but I re- what I really think is kind of I agree with you, but I kind of want to twist it a little bit. I think a lot of them land in that second category. Which one? The, the Mario Kart category. And I think that's why a lot of people get stuck. I because there's like, I think, I think the big guys, like in that first, like the realistic racers, the burnouts, the Gran Turismos, those ones are very good. And I think that group has a healthy amount of games coming out. But the issue is, is like, if you're a Nintendo fan and you have Mario Kart, there's not a lot of reasons to get other kart racing games. I believe that, why, okay, Side note, I just Googled, oh, never mind, that is on Switch. I Googled Switch racing games, 
And Cars 3 Driven to Win came up, and I was like, did that really come out on the Switch? Did that come out on Switch? 2017, yeah, I guess it did. Actually, I heard that game was pretty good, so. Okay. But anyway, um, just looking it up, like, there are a lot, you just don't notice it. So here's... Well, sometimes they're just bad. V-Rally 4, um, Gear Club Unlimited. That was a mobile game. Okay, but it still it still came out on Switch. And it's I'm got just pretty good reviews. Listen, I'm saying I'm not saying that racing games don't come out. I'm just saying there's there are less of them there used to be, and a lot of the ones that do come out are garbage. Um, I, I'm just thinking you know, if you count Trials Rising, eh, I don't. <laughs> well, it, it is a racing game. I mean, it, it count, if they had to put it in a category, yes. Horizon Chase Turbo. But that goes in that third category, which I feel like is right. the most underserved category. The futuristic racers go in there. They're almost like a subcategory of that third category we made. You had um, Horizon Chase Turbo. You had that Trailblazers game that we were looking forward to. That game didn't get good reviews, though. I Grip had a terrible I, launch on Switch. <laughs> I think if you go back to those games that used to come out in the 90s, not all of them got good reviews either. No, and that's why a lot of these companies closed. Uh, Riptide... Mantis Burn Racing. Are you just reading off a list of games that are under the racing category? Yes. What about Monster Jam Crushing? I was reading the <laughs> 36 ones with, on Metacritic. I was reading the ones with good reviews. Um, Gear Club. Aquamoto Racing Utopia. Well, the point is there are a lot of them. They just don't... I don't know. I feel like where other, where other series and other genres get more... They try more interesting things. And like you said, it just... they. You're right. I don't think I realize how many racing games are coming out all the time, but they don't get a lot of love because a lot of them are just like, oh, it's Mario Kart, but less good. Right, exactly. Or it's this, but like, less that's good. The issue. And I think, I mean, if you look at other genres, I think you you encounter the same issue. Like, Assassin's Creed Origins was essentially, gameplay-wise, it was very similar to The Witcher 3 because they looked at The Witcher 3 and they're like, that works, let's just do that. Or, like, how many games became clones of Batman Arkham Asylum after people were like, that works, let's just do that. The difference, I think, is that the companies that are making those games just have such big, like, they have access to such big properties or they have the ability or the power to market new games so well exactly. that it just doesn't matter. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, As it's opposed- like, yeah, well, kind of the like same with Assassin's Creed. It's like... Okay, we can make a game just like The Witcher Three, but guess what? We we slap the Assassin's Creed name on it. All the the cool things that would make it different than The Witcher, things that you know make Assassin's Creed Assassin's Creed as opposed to a game like The Witcher, and make those things just different enough that it feels like a new experience. Cause, I mean, like let's be honest, you know how many platformers have come out ever? And ba- well, they're all basically Mario, but no, they right. they do things differently. But yeah, the racing game doesn't get that kind of that kind of love. And I, again, I think the another issue is that I think when it comes to marketing, racing games in particular kind of have an issue because if you're making a realistic racer with realistic looking cars, they all kind of look the same. Yeah, like it's Absolutely. it's just an issue. Like how do I how do you make your racing game look different from another one? And when you have like Gran Turismo's name, it's a lot easier than it is if you're like. Fast Cars 97. You know what I mean? It's called Fast RMX, man. I was, I, that's not what I was trying I to say. <laughs> but yeah, I, I totally get what you're saying. You know, and there are some of the games that are still around, like, you know, Burnout, despite Burnout not having a game in a little while, Burnout has that, you know, how it works is different than other racing games. 
you know, Need for Speed. I had that one on Steam. It's the only racing game I had on Steam because I loved it. You know, the idea of saying, okay, I'm going to play this race as a racer, but then the further I get into the game, I'm not, I'm, I'm illegally street racing. So I also need to like, not only beat my allies, but I gotta, I gotta take down the cops because they're right. going to take me down and then playing the same race again, but being the cop and getting like cool special power-ups and stuff like that. Those kinds of games I love. Mm-hmm. But there aren't as many of them. Because everyone else is just like, let's just make a wacky game with racing tracks and well, funny items. An, again, another thing, though, is that a lot of games, like a, a lot of games, have racing implemented into them. Yeah, like, it's we, a, we were just talking about Starlink. Um, look at um, Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. Grand Theft Auto games have race. Even The Witcher 3 had a racing game with horses. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's so easy to do because get to the, I mean... Mario Odyssey had a racing sub game. Yeah, exactly. It's not, it's not the same kind of race, but oh, yeah. Oh, but it's arguably the best kind of race. Oh, I love, I love Mario <laughs> Odyssey racing. Listen, uh, but yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying. It's a, it is a genre that can be squeezed into other games very easily. Because, I mean, the whole idea of speedrunning, that's, I mean, you're racing the clock. Right. You know? I just, I... I love the idea of playing a game moving quickly. You know, it's just, I really enjoy that concept. I, mean, I, that's, I, think I one, know you do. Part of the reason I think I loved Rayman so much is that, you know, when you're playing that game well, you feel like you're speed running the game and everything's mm-hmm. moving and everything's very fluid. And that's what I get from racing games when I play them well. And I love doing that. Right. I just wish that I had, I mean, I like having more options. So when a game like Sonic Team Racing is coming out, it's like, hey, we're a racer. We're a racing game. We do what racing games do. But here's something a little bit different. And it, from this perspective, this game's different enough that I feel like, I'm going to be honest with you, I usually play racing games solo because I'm very good at racing games and nobody wants to play racing games with the one guy who's really good at racing games mm-hmm. because everyone just comes in second. But with this, it's like, okay, if I play this, you and me and Rob play together, we're on a team. And it's like, I, I don't just play this the same way I play every other racing game. It's right. not, screw you guys, I'm going to come in first and good luck. You know, it's something different enough. That I'm like, okay, I want to support this game. You know, Mike, I still don't think that's going to make our friend group play this game. I don't think it's going to make our friend group play this game, but I think it will make you play this game with me. I mean, I was already going to get Sarah this game. play this game with me. And like, just have a, you know, just, because like I said, I think just one other person playing a co op racing game. I mean, I've, I've never played a co op racing game. Like, right. sure, why not? Mm-hmm. You know? And that's what I'm interested in. Right. I have, I have high hopes for this game. And I just, I just hope the reviews are good. But right. like like you said, this the, the Sonic racing games have, have been getting yeah, good I mean, reviews for years, like, right? Like, th- I, this is the third one, I, I think. think so. The other two were very good. Yeah, so I'm excited. I'm, I'm, I'm I usually get excited about a Sonic game. I know a lot of people, actually, who would argue that um, the Sonic racing that came out on the Wii U was better than Mario Kart 8. Really? I, I heard that a lot, actually. Okay. Now I'm more interested about this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, listen, I love Mario Kart 8, but that game... <laughs> In that earnings call, they were talking about Mario Kart 8. Of course I think it sold, like, 16 million copies. Yeah, of course Which is on top of, like, the 8 million copies it sold on the Wii U. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this game is unkillable. This is this is, this is is the killer app. Screw Breath of the Wild. Well, <laughs> Everyone I mean, has I believe, this game. I believe that um, Smash Ultimate is, clo- like, closing it's catching, in. I think it's, like, 13 on... million copies. Yeah, Smash it's Ultimate. pretty close. It's going to be the... T- I mean, when you say, I have a Nintendo console what does everyone want to play smash, smash Bros. and mario, mario kart. kart 
There's nothing wrong with that. But yeah, oh. that's the only Sonic news that came out this week. There's no other Sonic nope, news. Nothing else. Nothing else. Nothing else. Nothing else. There was a really bad movie trailer, though, starring this blue rat. That, But that's not Sonic the Hedgehog. No, it was just, like, grotesque. It was yeah. awful. It was terrible. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, Matt, do you have a fun fact for us this week? Yes, I do. I'm waiting. Oh, it's butterfly mating season. It is? Uh, the butterflies on my car seem to show me that. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to assume so. Okay. Um, I mean, that's fair. <laughs> um, <laughs> my fun fact is you should always make sure you check your lease from time to time. Because on Sunday, I woke up in like a cold sweat and went to my filing cabinet and pulled out my lease for the house that I'm renting. And called my landlord and said, hey, my lease is up in five days. Can you send another one over? He's like, yeah, sure, whatever. But I'm like, huh? He didn't care. He's like, yeah, okay. Well, it's like, I mean, listen, like this had I was checking, I was checking the 2018 lease and we, so our lease goes from May 1st to April 30th and we signed the 2018 lease on May 1st. So clearly this happened last year too and I just didn't remember. <laughs> well, I mean, if, like clearly he's not showing the house to anybody else. No, so. yeah, exactly. It's like, if I didn't have it signed, it's not like he would be like, well, you know, but you should well, always have a lease on yes, your house because you he could always kick us out. So yeah, that was my that was my fun Sunday, but uh, but yeah, that's our show. Um, if you want to reach out to us, you can follow us on Twitter, on SoundCloud, or on iTunes. All under Pink Gold Peeps, except for iTunes, it's Pink Gold Peeps feed. Uh, you yes, can we feed the fans because Qual- we feed quality stuff, some quality content, quality stuff. Uh, if you want to reach out to us directly, you can email Matt Hatemail at pinkgoldpeeps at gmail Please mail me hate mail. Please. It makes me feel important. Yes. Uh, and uh, thank you, Rick's Record, for making our opening. You can find him on SoundCloud. And thank you, Rob, for editing the show every week. Uh, Matt, am I forgetting anything? No. Okay. Good night, guys. Ciao!